1: This week on Truth for Today, we are focusing in on our relationship with God and the affections we should have. Stick around. Truth for Today with Phil Howard is up next. You say you know God. I'm glad you say that. So, how does that play out in your life? What are your affections for Him like? Is it a business transaction or is it a true delight? The true affections of those who know God is the subject of our time here today on Truth for Today. We're in First Peter chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. Join us there, won't you? And then throughout the program, we'll tell you about our listener appreciation dinner coming up in November that we would love for you to be a part of. Again, that's throughout the broadcast. Right now, here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: Our God, is He a cosmic killjoy, or is He the fountain of ultimate pleasure? So do we advertise God to young people? Well, grit your teeth, uh, you'll be giving up the zest of life, you'll be giving up all the good times, but at least you can be a nun. At least we can put you in a monastery where you won't do too much damage, or at least you can uh, be a nerd and a morbid-looking Christian, and God will just get all kinds of glory out of it. Or is God promoted as the ultimate pleasure in life, that at your right hand there are pleasures evermore? that this morning all of you at the very thought of coming together you took the psalm and you begin to sing it this morning I was glad when they said we're going to the house of the Lord because it's the best thing that can happen to me today or well we gotta be faithful we gotta go pastor be asking about us no What is hard to do is to give away a God that's making you miserable. If God is misery, it's hard to sell it. But when we read in the Word of God, God is the ultimate source of all delight. And I won't be able to deliver the message, but I'll tell you what I would have said if I had three hours. I want to tell you 12 things that God does uh, in us in the realm of experience, emotion. And uh, let me set this up again. Uh, let, as we read 1 Peter 1 8, this was the key verse that Jonathan Edwards wrote his religious affections. I recommend you buy the book. Banner of Truth has the unabridged edition. Uh, There's one by Jane Houston, uh, a professor at Regent's University in Vancouver. Uh, uh, Canada. that's a little bit simplified because Edwards is very difficult. But you won't waste your time to read Edwards. And so I'm plagiarizing everything I'm saying today from the Bible, Edwards, and John Piper. So, so I'm not original here. That's why it sounds profound. <laughs> so uh, listen to what he says in 1 Peter. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe him, and you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, Peter is writing to a suffering church, but he says two things that mark you out is you obviously love the Lord And you have a joy that you can't express. It's just uh, unspeakable, inexpressible, and it's glorious. That's how we would... If we met you, we would find out two things immediately. These people love God, and these people have so much joy about God that their sufferings, their circumstances has not squelched that about them. What would just shout from their testimony, a suffering church, is we love this God that we've come to know and we've got a joy in serving him that is glorious and unexpressible. Now, Jonathan Edwards picked that verse because he was combating an intellectual kind of Christianity that is all cerebral, cognitive, orthodox, Doctrinal and scared to death of anything that looks like emotion. I'm so glad he wrote this. Because from my background, I've always, when I'm with conservatives, have to defend a little bit. Well, he's a little warped. He's a little on the edge because of his roots. This is exactly what he was saying. When the revival broke out in the 1700s, 1735 in New England and greatly blessed through the preaching of Whitfield. and even we thought Benjamin Franklin would become a believer but he never did. Uh, In that great move of God along New England where deism was taking over, an intellectual kind of uh, Christianity that said Christ wasn't God And it's all just big thoughts. Uh, When the revival happened, uh, the cerebral crowd was nervous at all the emotion that broke out. They they had never seen anything like that. Because when you don't know God and you're religious, you won't have many emotions about it anyway. You just got to have a bunch of nice doctrinal statements. And the churches were dead. The churches were... Going liberal. They were, they lost. Many of the members were not even saved. And Jonathan Edwards got kicked out of his own church because he said you had to be saved to take communion. And so they voted him out. So he wrote in defense of the Great Revival. And he said things like this basically, that in the Bible we are not just commanded to decide. We're commanded to feel certain ways about God. We're commanded to uh, not just think, not just decisions, not just doctrinal statements, but we are to be affected. And that's the word he used. There are to be affections that happen to us. And he took affections to be a part of the will, but it was a part of the will that said, uh, my will makes me vigorously want more of something or I dislike it. So in the realm of taste, my will says, I want chocolate ice cream, let's say. Why does it? Because I enjoy the taste of it. I've had a taste of it. And I make a decision to go buy Cold Stone because the will follows what emotional delights I'm awaited by eating the ice cream. So he said, I'm looking at the affections. Is that, can you come to know God and it not affect you? Is God only an intellectual, cerebral debate that the brainies have? Or does God have any kind of overwhelming effect on those who come to know him? And why he loved 1 Peter is, they knew, they didn't say, we decided for God only. They said, we love God. And this is more than a decisional word. This is my whole being has come to love him. By the way, I have a joy that is inexpressible and glorious. He loved the verse. He said, this is more than intellectualism. This is how God had affected his people. And he gave 12 different affections. They're so brainy and cerebral. I just wrote them down, but I want to just give you twelve biblical ones and just make it a little bit easier to get. And that does not exhaust it; it's just a sample. But let me uh, let me read your de- definition of affection. American Heritage Dictionary: To have an influence on or to affect a change in. Can you come to know God and Him? Affect a change in you, or does he leave you unaffected? It goes on to say, to act on the emotions of touch or move. Psychologically, it means a feeling or emotion as distinguished from cognition, thought, or action. So it was kind of like Deuteronomy 6 4 through 6, the Shema of Israel. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Your whole inner being shall be engaged in the loving of God. He shall not be just an intellectual God, but your whole being will be affected and captured as you worship him and him alone. Don't be divided in your heart towards God. Let him have your emotions, your understanding. Let me uh, read something to you that I think is powerful that Edward said. Truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy. Just truth. All we want here is the truth. Don't try to get us to sing. We shouldn't even sing. Because you know, singing can't be emotional. Anything like that. You've got people in the church. We've got them in this church. Got them everywhere. They're already dead and they want us to act like them. Because they'll try to tell you they have a superior spirituality. They have understanding. No, they don't. They have pride. They've been unaffected. This is what he says. Truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy. But watch this now. Emotion without truth produces empty frenzy and cultivates shallow people who refuse the discipline of rigorous thought. Just, they're emotional about everything. You whip them up. Whip them up. Let's get them whipped up. And, and they'll get all emotional, but they've never thought one deep theological thought in their whole life. And they're going from revival to revival, as it were, or, or concert to concert, to get somebody to get, give them fuzzies and get them stirred up. He, Edwards is not promoting that. He's saying... But true worship comes from people who are deeply emotional and who love deep and sound doctrine.
1: Well, Pastor Phil, we'll be back in just a moment to continue our message here today on Truth For Today. I'd like to remind you, though, that coming up Friday, November the 2nd, mark it on your calendar, we have our 2018 Truth For Today listener celebration. It's from 6:30 to 9:30, again Friday, November the 2nd. The event is free, but we do require a headcount for the food, so we would invite you to register either by calling or stopping by our website, which I'll give you in just a moment. Great food. Great fellowship, Pastor Phil will bring a wonderful message, and we even have an auction whereby you can walk away with some amazing items while supporting Truth For Today Ministries. So get a hold of us today. You can reach us at 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171 or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.com, and then click on the link that takes you to our 2018 Truth For Today listener celebration page, and you can register right there. You'll see the tab. All right, let's get back to our study now. Once again, here's Pastor Phil on this edition of Truth For Today.
2: Strong affections for God, rooted in truth, are the bone and marrow of biblical worship strong feelings for god rooted in strong understanding of god and that's truth that's doctrine that's theology they both go together but what we have done in the church we polarize into camps we're the real doctrinally astute dead crowd that would kill an emotion and I had a prof in the seminary who said, any emotion is usually a work of the flesh. He despised emotion because he was brilliant. He can stay cognitive all day because he was outstanding in that department. But uh, I-, I remember at school doing something. I was touched by something he said, saw him after class. What did I do? I hugged him. You think I was frisking him. He's frozen because <laughs> he's Mr. Cerebral. You don't hug. A brain. But I was over here with these wild people that hugged. We were the touchy-feely crowd. But I was paying tuition to get cerebral. That's why I've become such a brain. (laughs) But I'm running around with the low-class Christians that we all are feeling. And we cry in church. We're emotional wrecks. We're not wrecks, but we're just emotional. Over here was the man. This guy was an outstanding teacher. I love him to this day. But he was always awkward if I hugged him because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to hug a guy that had really blessed me. And he said, we're praying for you, Brother Howard, you'll get understanding. (laughs) He, he, He tolerated me. Here's a great line, and then I'm going to jump into the 12 things because I stay here all day of what Edwards was meaning. Emotions do not authenticate the truth. I don't need emotion to make something true. Two plus two equals four, whether I'm emotional or not. Uh, Truth is true. But emotions may authenticate that you understand the truth. Okay? Let's do it this way. Your dad could say, I love you. Well, now that's either a fact or that's a not. And you could either take it this way, my dad loves me big deal. Or you might think or says, wow, that moves me that he took time. He really feels that way about me. Now, I could mess with your emotions, could it not? Your emotions won't make it true or not. He either said it. He either loves or he doesn't. But your response, I'll give you this example and then we jump into it. Uh, I've said it many times. When I first heard the doctrine of election, that God chooses people for himself, either Israel or individuals, I was blown away because I I grew up anti all of that stuff. Didn't buy it. God can't choose people. Who does he think he is? And uh, uh, I I just didn't buy it. He didn't choose Abraham. Billy Graham evangelized him, and that's why he came. You know, know, God just can't be choosing people. He just can't be doing this. But when it finally started penetrating me, I, I, I remember being at the table one night because I was going to college while I was at home, and I was in this little Bible school, and I just said it like this When I, My dad sat here, my mother sat there, Hazel sat there, I'm here, and I said, because I want my dad to keep paying my tuition, I said, Dad, I learned something today that may offend you. Uh, but i want to tell you, I never heard it before. It sounds blasphemous, but let me at least tell you what I heard. And he said, what is it? I said, if I got it right, if I got it right, God started loving the Howards before he made the Milky Way. Because he said he loved us before the foundation of the world. Some of you do not even figured out, if you believe it or not, I could care less. <laughs> God could care less. He said it. I tell it. Now I'm waiting to get a response. Well, my dad could either do this. I don't believe it. Didn't do that. He could have said, that's nice. <laughs> he didn't do that. He just pulled out his handkerchief. Because he started. Now, he'd been working iron all day. He's still got his work clothes. He's got grease on him from biggie crane and rigging. But he starts weeping. Because we're emotional wreck sides. We come from the low side of Christianity. We come from the side where you feel the stuff. We didn't grow up in New England with deism. Nobody told us we couldn't cry. So She just started crying. I thought, what's going on? Then all of a sudden, my mother, who was an intellectual giant, you know, little short fat Irish girl, grew up with a drunken minor for a father. She starts wiping her eyes. and said, Mama, you can't be understanding this. What are you crying for? I didn't say that. <laughs> and then Hazel's down there now none of us has ever been told this stuff because we're against this stuff we don't believe this we chose God he didn't choose us then Hazel's crying and then I'm crying I said what's what's happening here and then my dad he finally got his closure he said it's glorious isn't it it's glorious you mean that God wanted us so bad that way back there he was thinking about us if you, you think a moment, you might need a handkerchief. But, but if you're just a good old orthodox, well, next next point. <laughs> What's the next point? Let's get over the Shake it off. Shake what off? How dare you? What do you think worship is? Worship is not... My mind, it went through my mind before it got to my eyes. I understand what I'm saying. I'm not manipulating god doesn 't manipulate our emotions, but he says i 'm going to do things in you through Christ that are so magnificent it will move every aspect of your being your emotions, your will, uh, your understanding uh, your psychological well being uh, i 'm a God you can bask in all of you and, and This is overwhelming. And that's where Edward said some days he spent nearly half a day just weeping over what he was understanding. Now, I just say that to say, here are some of the affections. There's going to be 12. I'm selective, not exhaustive. But let's just start the journey. They're so obvious. Tell me, are these just decisions for God? Are these divine effects on you? On anyone born again? I had... Uh, Pastor Ted told me the other day about how he got saved. He said, well, maybe I'm not normal. I got saved and the power of drugs and alcohol, all this is broken, but maybe I'm not the norm. I said, you are the norm. Quit making every kind of brand that said, well, I didn't get deliverance, but I, I really believed in a Savior. No, he delivers. First thing, it's obvious we can't stay long. It's so obvious. The love of God is the first thing, probably, that you were affected by, and according to Romans five, God gust the love of God abroad in your heart the moment He saved you. Amen. Romans five. Now now, love to you might be just a cognitive, sacrificial love. But did you know love is an emotional word too? That he says words like this in Peter: "Love the brethren." But, in Romans and in 1 Peter, he does things like this. He adds the word, with sincerity. Uh, In 1 Peter 1, 21, earnestly be loving the brethren. Another translation was, with all family affection love them. So now, you folks are just like a command will kind of Christianity. I love you. Hello. I've chosen my heart to love you. (laughs) But I really don't have any affection for you, you dog. <laughs> I'm just stuck with you in this church. Peter says, love affectionately. And the word earnestly, literally means to lean over and to be straining out. Everything in your being is strained. I love you. John says, You don't know God if you don't love your brother, and you'll love him so much that if he's naked and if he's hungry, you'll feed him, you'll give your money, and you'll do it with gladness. The church in great poverty, they gave their money with gladness. Wow, it wasn't just a decision to, I will love them. I am affected so that I have a family affection for the family of God, because I've met the true and living fountain, and he floods his people with a love for himself and a love for people.
1: And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. By the way, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, you might want to mark it on your calendar Friday, November the 2nd. It is our Truth For Today listener celebration, a chance to enjoy some great food, amazing fellowship, and also an opportunity to help support Truth For Today ministries as we continue ministering to the greater Bay Area through the radio broadcast. Now again, as mentioned, it's great food, great fellowship. Pastor Phil will bring a wonderful message. We even have an auction whereby you can walk away with some amazing items and at the same time help support Truth For Today Ministries. Here's the phone number. It's 510-799-3171 or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.com. Click on the Truth for Today listener celebration banner, and then you'll see the register tab right there on the right-hand side. We'd love to see you. It is a great opportunity to get a chance to mingle with those of you who make Truth for Today a daily part of your growth in Christ. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855 833 Ninety-eight sixty-four, And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today.